as you got up and got dressed, but uh, nonetheless, I'm glad you're listening this morning. But I'm going to ask you whether you are a family of one, whether you're a family of two, or a family of six. I'm going to ask you where you are, if you would maybe stand at this moment and take the copy that you have of God's Word in your hand. It might be electronic, but if you would, take your Bible and turn to Joshua chapter 24 with me, Joshua chapter 24, and get the whole family around you. And uh, we're continuing our series, our theme, which is Magnify. And this is the last Sunday of the month of February. We've been focusing on magnifying service. And so today, we're going to have the last in this uh, thought about magnifying service. Next month, we're going to move on to magnifying stewardship. But I, I want you to have your Bible, the whole family together. And of course, this is a tremendous passage we're going to look at this morning. And we'll look at quite a few verses in Joshua 24. But I, I want to look at a couple verses by way of introduction, and then we'll allow you to be seated. But thank you for standing out of respect for the Word of God. So you follow along this morning, we're going to read Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the god of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, Joshua says, we will serve the Lord. And so this morning, I've entitled our message, that we, it's time for us to make up our minds to serve. You know, a lot of times, and I've been hitting on this the last three Sundays, how some people are hesitant to serve the Lord. And so let's pray and we'll allow you to be seated this morning. God, thank you for this opportunity to look at your word. I pray that we would be challenged and encouraged by Joshua, his testimony and Lord, I pray that you'd help us to serve you every day that you give to us. And we ask all this in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Now, when we look at this passage, again, what comes to my mind and what I've thought about this week is it's time for us to make up our minds in this area of serving the Lord. I remember years ago when I got saved that God immediately impressed upon my heart, and, and I, I, I thought, well, Lord, what can I do? I haven't been saved that long, and uh, God, God made it possible for me to be a part of our church had a bus ministry, and I began right away working on that bus, and I, I remember that as I was, uh, began working on that bus, our bus captain, his name was Roger Murphy, and I, I said to Roger, I said, now, what is it that I can do on this bus route? And he says, well, he says, I'll tell you what. He said, I will drive the bus, and I've got a few people that will be on the bus that will help with the kids as they get on the bus and we make our way to church, but I need someone 
that when I pull up to a house to get off the bus, go to the house and get the kids and bring them out and put them on the bus. And he said, can you do that? And I said, absolutely. So I did that. I began uh, going to the houses, getting the kids, and it was kind of unique. I never really thought I'd be a part of something like that. There were times where I would have to go into the house and actually help the kids get dressed while their dad, who was drunk from the night before, was laying on the couch with beer bottles and beer cans and and, uh, ashtrays full of cigarette buds all laying around them. And I thought to myself, and God got a hold of my heart about, wow, these boys and girls have to live this way and go through this. And, And I thought, what a joy it is to be able to serve God and bring them to the house of God, even though their dad saw saw no reason at all, no value in being in the house of God and, and living for the Lord or even knowing the Lord as his Savior. And I saw so many things that helped me to understand what a joy it is to serve God. Now, when you look in the book of Joshua, and I hope you've been doing your Bible reading tonight, we're going to look at the book of Joshua in detail. And I didn't plan this out. The Lord had us uh, be in the book of Joshua this morning and this evening. But as I think about what was going on in the life, uh, the times of the children of Israel, these were exciting times. I mean, the Bible tells us that they had defeated their enemies. They had claimed or they were about to claim uh, all the land that God had promised to them. And they were (laughs) going to be able to finally settle down and enjoy life. And I think a lot of times that's the American dream, is to settle down and enjoy life. And for the children of Israel, it was a time of hope and it was a time of blessings. And of course, we understand those blessings were because of God. But it was also a very dangerous time. And the reason I say that this morning is because they were in danger of forgetting where they had come from. They were in danger of forgetting how they had gotten to where they were, and they were in danger of forgetting all that the Lord had done for them. That's a dangerous place to be. Uh, It was dangerous for them to be in a land that was a land that was very idolatrous, the, the many religions of the Canaanite people and those that lived around them, those that they were going to be close by as they went in to take this land. There was a danger of them, like so many, falling into a a state of complacency. And it was in the midst of this, what could be danger lurking, that Joshua, in the end of this book, the end of his life, stands in front of the people of God, the nation of Israel, and he gives a challenge to them from the Lord. He was telling them that God wanted them to dedicate themselves to him to the work that God had called them to do. And God doesn't want them to live for the gods of this world on the one hand and then live for him on the other hand. That's not what God wanted for them. God wanted their wholehearted dedication to him or God wanted nothing from them. And I think the same is still true today. I think the Lord is still issuing the same call to us today that God wants us to make up our minds. Are we going to serve him the way God has intended us to serve him? Certainly God's given us hands and feet. God's given us a voice I mentioned earlier. 
We can use all that God's given us to serve him. And the decision, listen, this morning for you is not my decision, it's your decision. And the decision is, will you serve the Lord? Whom will you serve? Well, Joshua made it clear who he was going to serve. But you see, this was a time that was very pivotal in the nation of Israel. And I want to show you three aspects about this time this morning as we look at Joshua chapter 24. Notice it was a time of contemplation. The Bible says, if you have it open there in verse number one, notice Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and he called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Now, can you see this picture, how Joshua, the, the, the man that God had been using after Moses had, had passed off the scene, Joshua calls all the people together. He gets all the, the people that are in charge and then all the people together and he presented, the Bible says, he presented them uh, there before God. So here they are, and this was a time of contemplation. Now, the very word to contemplate something means to consider it, to look at it, to view it, maybe see it for what it is. Remember earlier I said that sometimes we forget where we've come from or where God has brought us to or all that God has done for us. And certainly Joshua wanted them to remember uh, as they were going into this new land and taking this new possession who they were, what God had done for them, and all that God had meant to them. And I think it would be good for us even th this morning to think about all that God has done for us. And notice what they needed to do as they were standing there thinking about considering their lives. They needed to contemplate God's power in their lives. Now, God is a mighty God. I shared that verse with you again this morning from chapter 4 and verse 24. But look what it says here in Joshua chapter 24, beginning in verse number 2. And follow along with me, because I want you to see this. The Bible says, And Joshua, as he had him stand there before God, he said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And notice, and I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and fed him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau. And I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess in but Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. And I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt. And according to that which I did among them, and afterwards I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And ye came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord... He put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt and you dwell in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites 
which dwelt on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Baor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two sons of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. Listen, I mean, I don't know if you saw from those verses this morning the power of God in their lives. How many times that Joshua says here, look, you need to be reminded of how God has chosen you. God has called you as his people, and God has redeemed you. He delivered you from Egypt. God manifested his power on your behalf time and time and time again. And I know that's happened in my life, how God many times has showed himself strong on his behalf in my life. Joshua reminds them of the victories that they had enjoyed. Listen, not because of their bow, not because of their strength, but because of God's power, God's blessings in their lives. See, all of that had been possible because of God's power. And it was a time of contemplating, thinking about that, thinking about uh, remembering God's power. Listen, this morning, again, some of the things that are going on in the world and going on in our nation, going on in your life and in your family, can I remind you this morning to contemplate God's power in your life. But notice also, as they were contemplating Josh was trying to help them to consider and think about. He also wanted them not only to think about God's power in their life, but God's presence in their lives. Boy, God in our lives makes all the difference. And see, I'll tell you, going through life without God is, is, is not a good way to be. And aren't you glad this morning as a child of God that God has promised to be present. He would never leave you nor forsake you. And we should not uh, not uh, discount the fact that God is with us and Israel was being reminded by Joshua that God had been ever present with them in everything that they faced. God was there to help them and God was there to see them through. Look in your notes there this morning as the Bible says here in Psalm 139, thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there, and if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, 
Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee, for thou hast possessed my reins, and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. God says it another way in the New Testament. Again, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus said, lo, I am with thee always, even unto the end of the world. And God's people should say amen to that. God has promised to always be with us. And listen, they were contemplating because of Joshua uh, that they needed to think about God's power in their lives. And they were contemplating God's presence in their lives. Listen, don't, don't take for granted the presence of God in your life. But notice also they contemplated God's provision in their lives. See, not only is God powerful, and not only has God promised to be with us as he was with Joshua the way he was with Moses, but I want you to see in verse 13, look at the provision, because the Bible says, and I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and oliveyards which ye planted not, do ye eat. See, they come into a land, and God says, listen, I'm going to give you everything. And I remind you this morning that we came into this world with nothing. And yet, what does God do? God gives us everything that we have. And they were reminded of the blessings. And by the way, we do not deserve, Israel did not deserve the blessings of God. And they clearly, just like you and I today, what were they? They were partakers, recipients of the grace of God more than they could imagine. And I'm sure your life has been blessed of God too. God has provided. We need to contemplate the fact that God has given us so much more than we deserve. Are you saved today? If you're saved, guess what? You are secure. You have a home in heaven someday. Listen, God has been good to us because of his power, because of his presence, because of his provision. And I think about that, and I, I, I just want to stop for a moment and say this. If God has been so good to us, and his power has been evident in our lives, and certainly he has promised to be with us everywhere we go, given us his spirit, and God has provided for us, he's taking care of our every need, then why is it that so many of God's children have such a hard time loving and serving God the way that they should? So many Christians struggle with serving God. Folks, listen to me, it's pretty clear. Like Joshua said, look, you choose what you want to do, but as for me and my house, Joshua was saying, look, I know of God's power in my life, and I've seen God's presence in my life, and certainly I look around and I see God's provision in my life, and that's why for Joshua it was a no-brainer. Joshua said, look, we will serve the Lord. And you see, this matter of struggling to serve God and to love God was nothing new. You see it in the Bible with the nation of Israel, how they were guilty after all that God had done for them, 
They were guilty of walking out on God on many occasions. The Bible says in Jeremiah 2 and verse number 5, Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain? Can I tell you this morning, there's no fault in God. God is good all the time. God says, how how could, could my people walk away from me after all that I have done? And I'm afraid that even us today, we may be guilty of the same thing, of walking away from God instead of serving God. And we need to contemplate, like Joshua was challenging them, to think about all the things that God has done for us and remember that God has found us and God is the one that has made our lives worth living. You see, it was a time of contemplation, but it was also a time of confrontation. Now this brings us back to our verses we read earlier as our text, verses 14 and 15, because when you think about confrontation, that's what Joshua was trying to do with the children of Israel. I really believe that's what God was doing with me this week as I studied and prepared. I really believe that's what God, by His Spirit, may be doing in your heart at this very moment. Because, listen, none of us like confrontation. Confrontation means to face something, to deal with it. It means to stand in front of it and to see it for what it is. Well, notice they were confronted by a command. Go back to verse 14 and look what the Bible says again. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Now, this confrontation comes after the contemplation. Joshua was trying to get them to remember and to consider all that God had done for them, how God was with them, God provided for them, and then he confronts them with this command. Now, the command that he gives to them is really a threefold command. Look what the Bible says again. The first part of the command is to fear the Lord. Now, that's a problem with many people today, even Christians, is there's no respect for God, no no awesome fear of God. There, there's no honoring Him, no loving Him. But listen, the first part of the command is for us to fear the Lord. The second part that we see in that verse is He, he instructs them, commands them to put away the other gods, little letter G. You see, God is the only God that we should serve. But so many times what we do is we put other things in front of God. And he says, look, you are being commanded to put away any idols other than the true God. You are to serve him and him only. And so the first part of the command is to fear the Lord. The second part is put away the other gods. And then the third part of the command is serve the Lord with sincerity. Now, there's two words there. The first one is the word serve. And you see there, by definition, it is to fulfill the role of a slave. Now, 
I know when you hear the word slave, you think bad thoughts. You think it's uh, somebody under bondage. But understand, even Paul in the New Testament called himself the servant of the Lord. The word servant there, doulos, means a, a bond slave. And the reason that I bring this up is because that if we are one of God's children, then he is the master of our lives and we should give our lives to serve him. And, and, and this is not in a bad sense, it's a good thing. Why? Because we are his possession and we should live as such. Look at the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, you're not your own. You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So when God saved you, well, how did you get saved? You were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, God's own dear son. We cannot save ourselves. We are bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been redeemed, and therefore, because we are bought by him, we belong to him. We are his possession. And the Bible tells us that we should serve him, notice the word, with sincerity. Now, this is a neat word. Sincerity means without wax. Now, back in Bible days, and they still do it today, but they have what they call pottery. And back then, they would make things out of clay and so on. And they would make vessels, uh, uh, maybe something to put water or liquid in to pour out, or maybe something to put something into. And so sometimes what would happen is maybe this vessel, whatever it is, maybe it would get dropped or maybe something would hit it and it would crack or it would break. And then what they would do is these merchants, they didn't want to just throw it away, so they would then take what was broken, what had a crack in it, they would take some wax and they would melt the wax down and they would fill in the cracks with wax so that you couldn't detect that there was a crack in it and they would try to sell it off as something that had no cracks in it at all. And so what would happen is, is that you could take it, if you were looking at maybe purchasing it, you could take it and hold it up in the light. And as you held that, that piece of pottery up in the light, the light would show you the imperfections, the inconsistencies there, that there was maybe a crack that had been filled with wax. And as it was held up to the light, you could see those patches they were easy to spot and so it is with the people in our around us and maybe we ourselves who live lives that are insincere they they're not serving the Lord with sincerity that listen when we are held up to the light and of course the light is not maybe a light in our house or in the ceiling it's the Lord Jesus Christ when our lives are held up to the light of the Lord Jesus Christ what happens is that the hypocrisy in our lives show that there is not a sincerity to serve God, there's an insincerity to serve God. God doesn't want us to live lives of hypocrisy. God wants us to live lives as a Christian who we claim to be. Don't be a hypocrite. And, and notice the command this morning 
that they were confronted with, it was threefold. And again, the Bible says, fear the Lord, put away the other gods, Joshua says, and serve the Lord with sincerity. Now, that command came with also a choice. See, they were confronted. They heard the command that Joshua gave to them, and then he asked them to make a choice. Look at verse number 15 of Joshua 24. He says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Notice, choose you. It's your choice. See, nobody can make that choice for you. Dads, are you listening to me this morning? You are, by God, to be leading your home. God wants you to make the choice. Uh, as a Christian, God wants every one of us to choose God instead of the things of this world. And so God gives them the command, and then he gives them this confrontation about making a choice. And God's saying to us today, look, it's time for us to get off the fence and to make up our minds. Uh, the Bible says of Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 21, that Elijah came unto all the people and listen to what he said. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. I, want, I just, look, think about it this morning. Is the Lord God? The answer to that is yes. Then according to this verse, according to Elijah's challenge to them was to choose the Lord. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And notice in that instance, sadly to say, the people answered him not a word. You see, they couldn't make up their mind. Were they going to follow God or were they going to follow Baal? And I can tell you this morning, you cannot have both God and the world. Either God is first place in your life and in your family, or you have a different God than the God of the Bible, the God of this world. And the question this morning is, who will you serve? Now, it's kind of odd. Look at verse 15 again. Look how it starts. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. How can it seem evil, bad, to serve the Lord? Well, I'll tell you how. Is when you go back to verse number 14, that they were serving the gods on the other side of the flood. And those that were in Egypt, you see, they, they thought, listen, we've got what we want. We don't need God. That's why they thought it was evil to serve the Lord. Listen, if you're a Christian this morning, then clearly, like Joshua told the children of Israel, they heard the command and they were confronted with the choice, choose God or choose the gods of this world. And then notice he gives them a challenge in the last part of verse 15. He says to them, but as for me and my house, he says, we will serve the Lord. I love this thought here. How he says, look, we're going to serve God. He gives them an example for the rest of the people. And he boldly states what his intention is. No matter what they do, he says, we will serve the Lord. And what, listen, what 
what we need this morning, what this world needs, what God desires is that men and women of faith would settle in their hearts that Jesus and his word and his will is going to come before anything else in our lives and that we need to be like Joshua was in his day, an example for other people to follow. We need to be those that God would have us to lead and and to help others come to Christ. We are those who would rather die than to let something come ahead of God in our lives. I think in the Bible about how the Bible says about Daniel. Daniel was taken to a heathen land, and the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. I think about those Hebrew children, those three Hebrew boys, and how the Bible says in the book of Daniel that they would not regard the king, nor what the king told them to do, the commandment of the king. They were not going to serve his God. They were not going to bow down to the image that he set up. I think about Ruth in the book of Ruth and how Ruth said that she might die, but she said that thy God will be my God. And I think about how you see that your life and my life, that they should stand as a testimony, as an example of godly living, as an encouragement to those that are struggling on whom should I serve. Listen, let's serve God and not the God of this world. You see, it's either one or the other. Who will you serve? See, I find it was a time of contemplation. It was a time of confrontation. But notice also, it was a time of consecration. It was a time where God was asking them to dedicate themselves to serving him. Look in your Bible in verse number 16 of our passage. The Bible says, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord, uh, our God, he it is that brought us up in our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. They said, therefore, we will also serve the Lord for he is our God. Now, when you look at this, the the people, you can see the resolve of the people, how they said, look, we will uh, serve God. We will make our allegiance to him and him alone. And I'll tell you this, look, the Lord should not have to compete in our lives for our time. And he shouldn't have to uh, compete in our lives for our attention and for our love and even our resources if we are really his And I love the resolve of the people, how they said, listen, we understand. We've been thinking about what Joshua said, and we understand the command, and therefore we are resolved to dedicate our lives to serving him and him only. But then notice Joshua, even after their resolve, Joshua gives a reminder to the people, and I want you to see it in verse 19. Joshua said unto the people, now this comes after. He gives them the reminder about God. Notice in verse 19, he says unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions, 
nor your sins. For if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Look at verse 23. Now therefore, put away and say, notice here, put away the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Now when we look at this, Joshua was reminding them, look, if there's something in your life, something in your heart that ought not to be there, God is a holy God. And as we see this, that he is saying to them that if you will serve him, then he's going to bless your life. But if you go back on your word, then listen, there's going to be a high price that you will have to pay. And God will not tolerate. He never has. He never will because he's a holy God. He will not tolerate sin in our lives. He will not tolerate that which is not righteous. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Be not mocked, God is, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. See, here they said, hey, listen, we will serve God, we will, he, we will serve him and him only. That was the resolve of the people, but then notice that Joshua says, okay, listen, I hear you, God hears what you're saying, and many times people give God lip service, but their heart is far from him. And we see he reminds the people, God wants to bless you. But if you turn from him like your fathers did, there's going to be a high price that you will pay. And then notice the reaction of the people in verse 24. The Bible says, And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God, he said, they said to him, The Lord our God will we serve. And his voice we will obey. So Joshua, watch what he does. He made a covenant with the people that day, and he set a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. By the way, did you notice there, he didn't say you. He included himself in that statement with that personal pronoun there. He says that it will be a witness against us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. Now the people and Joshua, 
what did they do? They set up a memorial. They set up this stone, a record of the decision that they had made. This was the reaction of the people. The, the record was going to be used. And by the way, God understands in our lives, many times we make decisions. And I always encourage people, maybe, maybe one place that, that you could use, and I know I've done this before, is when I make a decision, I want to make sure that, that I keep that decision. I honor that decision. And many times I've written down a decision on the inside cover of my Bible. I have a Bible where I've written in there when and where I got saved and when and where I got baptized and when and where God called me to preach and on and on and on. Major decisions and those are there as a record, as a witness of the decisions that I made. I want to be reminded of those things that that God had helped me to understand, that God had helped me to see, and then I wanted them to be there. So it was a constant reminder to me, and that's what he does. He sets up a stone here, the Bible says, as a record against them. And, and it's sad because when you study the Bible, remember how they said, look, we will serve God. We, we will only serve him. And Joshua says, look, I'm going to set up this stone. When you study the Bible, guess what? Israel did not keep their word. They went back on their promise. They did not keep their vows, and they paid a, a very high price, a costly pri price. When you read uh, books in the Bible, for instance, the book of Judges and First and Second Samuel and First and Second Chronicles, you see all that happened to them because they did not do what they said they would do. They did not keep their word. You see, God keeps records in our lives, and God will hold us accountable to the vows that we have made. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. For a dream come, cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, look at this, Defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. God says, look, don't make me a promise. Don't tell me you're going to do something and go back on your word. You see, this morning, God's asking you, are you going to serve me? Are you going to serve the Lord today? Are you going to serve the Lord the rest of your life. I don't just want you to say it. I want you to prove it. I want you to do what I've asked you to do. I want you to serve me, love me, honor me with your life. And when we do that, what is he going to do? He's going to bless us for that. And when we choose, just like Israel, to walk away from the Lord, walk in a way that does not please him, then just like them in the book of Hebrews, we can understand God will chasten us. God will deal with us as he does with his children. The question this morning is, don't you think it's time that you make a decision, make up your mind to serve the Lord? I mean, that's, that's what we've been talking about all month long. And this morning, we see from Joshua, in the end of his life, before he goes to be with the Father, he gets them to contemplate the power of God in their lives and how God has been with them. God has provided for them. And then he gets them to confront 
And he does that by giving them a command to fear the Lord, put away the other gods, and to serve the Lord with sincerity. Who are you going to serve? You see, God is confronting you. God is confronting all of us today. And then notice again, God gives them a time of consecration. Will you dedicate your life? When my children were born, each one of them, my wife and I, we dedicated our children to the Lord. Baby dedication or child dedication is is not salvation. It's an opportunity for parents who realize that God has given that child to them to raise for him. And so it's the parents saying to God in the presence of maybe their church family, family and friends, that they are going to serve the Lord and they want this child of theirs to serve the Lord, much like Hannah wanted for her son. And God is saying to you today, will you dedicate your life to serve me? Remember what the Bible says, Elijah said, if God, if, if the Lord be God, then serve him. God says, listen, am I Lord in your life? If I am, serve me. But remember, he says, but if Baal, if you've got some other God, then you go ahead and serve whatever that God is in your heart. But I hope that every Christian is listening this morning and would realize God saved you. God has made you secure in your salvation. And your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Well, how do we do that? By serving Him. And so let's bow our heads this morning. I know you're at home, but would you just take a moment, bow your heads this morning, and think about this. There's no greater joy in life than serving God. There's no greater thing that you can do, but it's going to be your choice. Will you make up your mind today to serve the Lord? And if you're here listening this morning and you're not even sure that you're a Christian, you've heard this message about Joshua and the people of God, maybe God has spoken to you today about this matter of knowing him as your Savior. If you're not saved, see, salvation comes before service. And if you're not saved, would you open your heart this morning would you receive the gift of God, which is eternal life? See, God wants to save you. He's already given his son. The precious blood of God will save you from your sins. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so with your head bowed and your eyes closed this morning, if you're not saved, would you pray and ask the Lord to forgive you of the sin in your life, to come into your heart and to be your Savior. And the Bible says that if you do that, that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope that you trusted him this morning as your Savior. And if you did, would you please let us know you can either call the church, send a message on 
YouTube or Facebook, whatever you're watching this morning, we would rejoice in knowing that you put your faith in Christ. But Christian, with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, church family, are you serving God? Do you realize that God wants you to always be mindful of what he's done for you, how he's been there for you, and to not allow anything to come between you and him. And the way you show that is by dedicating your life to serving him. Lord, thank you for this morning. I know that we have we have had church by way of live stream today, but I know that even through media that you have promised that where we are gathered together in your name, you've promised to be there with us. Now, Lord, I pray that you would help us through the life of Joshua, the great example that he was in his day. Help us to serve you. I love the spirit of Joshua. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray that every family, whether it's one, two, six, that we would the rest of our days serve the Lord. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.